Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. It's great to be in his presence this morning. And it's good to be in your company. And I pray that the hand of God would just touch all of us in our endeavor today to just reach a little bit closer. Amen. Draw ourselves closer to him and let his spirit touch our hearts exactly where we are. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Mark chapter 8. The book of Mark chapter 8 and verse number 22. I'm going this morning to a well-worn passage of scripture. And um, just ask the Lord to touch us again. I pray today and just ask the Lord to touch this age-old passage with a new and a fresh anointing. Praise God. The book of Mark, chapter 8 and verse 22. <coughs> and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring him a blind, and they bring a blind man unto him, <coughs> and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him to look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into town nor tell it to any in the town. Man, I want to speak this morning about how the hand of God so mercifully cannot just come to us at one time in our lives, but I'm glad the hand of God can come to us multiple times. Amen. I'm thankful when I didn't get what I needed the first time that he was a God that would reach for me the second time. Amen. May the Lord bless you and you can be seated today. <clears throat> I fear that all of us are being influenced by the instantaneous age in which we live. We are accustomed to getting almost what we want when we want it. It's just right there at our fingertips. And um, we're certainly raising a generation that knows nothing any different than that, but just to almost in a moment of time be able to have exactly what it is that you're after. I think about often how that you can drop a package in the mail and and tomorrow at the same time that package could be halfway around the world. It's just amazing at how how connected the world is and how small the world is. Those are wonderful things and wonderful characteristics and certainly when we need those benefits and those tools, they're handy. But it is 
true that whatever happens in our world kind of bleeds over and influences our way of thinking and our mindset in the house of God, the kingdom of God. And without a doubt, technology has fostered an instant mindset. But God doesn't always work that way. He's not a God that we just ask one time. And and I'm, I'm not here to whittle away at anyone's faith by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm actually here today to try to encourage our faith. I believe that there are times the Lord certainly does hear and answer prayer. I'm, I feel confident today to say in assessing this congregation real, real quick that I'm speaking to a, a congregation or a, a body of people who many of us, if not the vast majority of us, have had the Lord just hear our prayer and answer our prayer almost instantaneously, if it were not instantly, that the Lord would heal us or perhaps open a door where there was no door or make a way where there was no way, etc. We've watched the Lord move in those situations in our life. But I would also venture to say that, that same of that same demographic, we can relate to the fact that there are prayers that we would probably deem yet unanswered. They're not prayers unheard, but perhaps prayers unanswered. I think that, as someone aptly said, that the best things in life come in time or take time, and there's a lot of truth to that. I think relationships are that way. In order to have a meaningful relationship or lasting relationship, that we have to spend time and invest a lot of effort and energy into those relationships. We all have friends or Perhaps there would be more aptly described in truth or in accuracy as acquaintances. And there are people that we've just met a couple of times, maybe circumstances in life, a situation caused our paths to cross. Then there are others of us who have those relationships that we have worked on for years. We have laughed together, we've cried together, we've been up together, we've been down together. And uh, in the forging uh, fires of life, out of that have come some very deep, very meaningful relationships. Probably at times we got on their nerves and at times they got on ours. Their ways and idiosyncrasies didn't always match our character and and I'm sure that's a two-way street. But nevertheless, the time that was invested in those relationships have paid off because to them there is depth, foundation, there's root, there's something that holds us in the times of storm and trouble. Amen. You, you can't get to know someone overnight. You can't get to know someone in a week or a month or you have to invest time and you have to go through the highs and the lows and, and, and faith I think is much the same way. You can't just have adequate faith because God heard and answered one prayer or because we read the Bible one time. Amen. Faith is an element in our lives that must grow. But faith is certainly, like the relationships that I've been referring to, faith is certainly worth nurturing, and it is worth the wait. Amen. To allow the Lord to touch us. I can say that we've all been encouraged in prayer. Our faith has been strengthened, and other times our faith has been tried because we ask the Lord for something that just seems so reasonable 
And certainly it seemed within the realm of reach and the possibility of of uh, reality, but it just somehow fell short. And those times, it just seems as though our faith is tried. We've all been there. We've all been there. When the Lord could have just heard our prayer, seemingly, answered that prayer, made a way, because after all, he's God and we're his child. And we rationalize all of those things in our mind and wonder why in the world would would the Lord not just answer that prayer. I remember when uh, Sister Boyd and I were evangelizing, I say this a little bit mainly joking, but there's, I'm sure, a layer of truth to this, that my uncle, one of my, my, uh, one of my uncles had loaned us an RV, and we were traveling around the country in this little dilapidated RV, and we would ride down the road and pass by all these RV lots where there were just gazillions of dollars worth of inventory in stock, and I thought, now, Lord, there's just no reason why you couldn't just lay it on somebody's heart. They wouldn't even miss just one of those. They were not, they wouldn't just miss one of those. It just seemed like so within the realm of God's reach and possibility. Why Why would, would anything hinder a prayer like that? I mean, we're out here doing your work and your service and, you know, the Lord did make a way eventually in our lives for us to upgrade, but that wasn't how it happened and, and uh, we had to make every payment on that. Amen, that upgrade. But the Lord made it possible to make every payment. and Our faith was tried. And so just like you, your faith is tried. But those trying times, that just causes our faith to stretch. And in the stretching process, it grows. Faith is certainly worth the wait. God always deals with us on the basis of faith. And that means that we do not always get what we need or even want from God instantly. Sometimes things come gradually as our faith is exercised and grows, but that's okay. They come into our life and we look back over our shoulder and we see how that God did indeed. He just made a way. It didn't come the way I thought or the way we had dreamed it to be, but God just made a way. In fact, as we see in our text how a blind man received his sight, but it didn't happen the way it happened to others, but it nevertheless happened. He did get what he needed. He didn't get it instantly, but he did get it. He needed not only just the Lord to touch him one time, but he needed a repeated touch from God, and so do we. And sometimes that must come to us again and again. I've been touched by the Lord and encouraged by the Lord so many times through the years. There's no possible way I could give you an even an estimated count. But you know, I found even in recent days where I've needed the Lord to touch me and encourage me again. Amen. Not because I'm a down and outer, but I just have been facing like you some of the some of the current of life, and we just need the hand of God to reach down and touch us again and again and again. This story of this blind man is a wonderful story of how God reaches all of us, ministers to all of us and touches all of touches all of us at our point of need but God does it in his own way and in his own time unlike many of Jesus's healings this one did not occur instantly it was a process amen just as we are not all stamped out of the same mold so also the miracles of God <coughs> or the answers to our prayer do not always come to us in the same fashion he meets us personally He knows exactly what it takes to reach us, to speak to me, amen. 
We're his children and he knows us passionately and intimately and he knows what it's going to take. The Bible says in verse number 22 of Mark 8 that he cometh to Bethsaida and they bring him, they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. So when Jesus comes, he's met by a group of people. I am going to just use my imagination today, but I think I'm safe in, in saying that that it's possible that within this group of people there were some predetermined and preset expectations that we're going to bring him and and the Lord's going to do thus and so and this is exactly how it's all going to play out and this man is going to walk away healed. They had undoubtedly wanted to see him healed or they would have never taken the time, exercised the effort. They, they knew that Jesus was capable of healing and so they asked Jesus to heal him. I think that we have all kinds of expectations of the Lord and they probably differ from one side of this building to the other, from front to back. Sometimes we see God just as he is, a God that is just, a God that is fair, a God that is sovereign, and a God who has the capacity to touch us. And we are more than willing to come to him and and say, Lord, your will be done. We make our petition, we lay out our case before the Lord, we bring our needs before him, but we certainly season that with Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, those words kind of flow right off of our lips, but it's a little more difficult sometimes to really place that on the altar and say, God, in all sincerity, I really need your will to be done here. Amen. But others, perhaps the other side of that spectrum, just see the Lord as a divine errand boy who is just there entirely for their benefit, that whatever we say, that's what God should do and we should never have a pain or never have a sorrow or never have a disappointment. And we understand that is not God's call and that is not his role and responsibility. And that's why it's so important for us to study the word of God, to find out what the Bible has to say about the Lord that we serve. He's not an impersonal force, that's for sure. He's not a foreign entity. The Bible says in Hebrews describes him as not a high priest that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted. He was flesh just like you and I, and he understood the ebb and flow of life, and he understood what it was like to be embraced by men and what it was like to be rejected by men. He understood what it was like to be accepted and denied. He understood all of that. Amen. And so he was a God and is a God that understands exactly where we are today. God is someone that I believe is ultimately concerned, ultimately concerned about the cares of my life. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe the Lord wants us to know him and wants to know us. Amen. And there's a process in fact involved in that. How you view God, I think, determines how we view ourselves. It says in verse number 22 that they entreated him to touch him. That was, uh, they besought him. They besought him to touch him. They entreated him. No doubt these men had seen Jesus heal other blind people. And generally when the Lord healed the blind, he had indeed touched them. Amen. And so they thought, well, that must be how it works. Then God's gonna do it just this way. We have watched the Lord heal people right here in this very auditorium, laying hands on them, anointing them with oil, pray a prayer of faith, 
and God would heal them right then and there. I've been the recipient of some of those prayers and some of those healings. I've also, I've also had many reports of how people were at home or in the hospital or whenever or wherever they may have been and they knew about what time we would be praying and they have testified how that the Lord moved in their room, amen, and moved in their home when they knew the church was in prayer. Just a, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had something like that happen. I won't give away the testimony of someone else, but while in the middle of the night, they felt led of the Lord to get up and pray. They got up and began to pray uh, for someone in their family, and, and that family member, on the other end, God was doing something very incredible and very divine in their presence. Amen. So I, I, we don't always know how God is going to work it all out, but we know that God does. I've been prayed for and been healed instantly and I've been prayed for and I just began to feel better. But I wasn't completely healed. But it just seemed as though a healing process began to start and in a little bit of time, amen, whatever I was suffering from had been alleviated. And we understand, amen, that he is a God that works in his own way and in his own time. Maybe these people assume that that touching was the method of Jesus. And so if we can just get Jesus there to touch him, it will be all, all right. They expected that. However, Jesus didn't fulfill their expectations, although he did fulfill and answer in essentially their prayer. The Bible says at verse 23 that he took the blind man by the hand. <coughs> I apologize. <coughs> and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him and he asked him if he saw aught. The first thing that Jesus does is take the blind man by the hand. Now, no one in this group saw this coming because no one had ever witnessed the Lord doing something just like this before. He leads him out of the village. It's possible that, it's very possible, oh, I think even likely that a crowd had gathered because they understood you want to come and see this. You don't want to miss what is about to happen. And so I believe that perhaps a crowd could have been there, but maybe for whatever reason, Jesus needed to get this man by himself. I don't know exactly what it takes from time to time to get through to me, but the Lord does. There are times that the Lord can speak to me in a corporate setting. God can just speak to me in the, in the course of a service and as he has spoken to each and every one of us in the course of a service. But I believe there are also other times that the Lord just has to come, right? Amen, right down and lead me out away from the crowd, away from the noise, and the Lord has to speak to me in a fashion that only he knows, I, in, a, in a setting that he knows that I will hear him. Amen. We may never be sure exactly why the Lord did what he did. I'm, I'm not trying to read the mind of God. I'm just trying to point out that, that just because the Lord takes a different route or just because the Lord uses a different venue, just because the Lord takes a little bit longer this time than he did last time, is not an indication that God has not heard our prayer. It's not an indication that God is not going to answer our prayer. I'm thankful that when we pray, we have faith and confidence that he can and indeed will. We don't know at times what hinders prayer. Uh, I think about the book of Daniel, how that the angel said that he had been hindered. Amen. Uh, the prayer had been prayed. The prayer had been heard. An angel had been commissioned. Am I right? 
Amen. But something between earth and heaven had hindered the journey of that angel. And so I pray today, God, help me not to get discouraged in the process. Help me to not get discouraged in that point between A and B. Let my faith be significant and substantial enough that I can hold on. In any case, we have a picture of this man taking this, of the Lord taking this man by the hand, leading him out into the out of the village. In addition to leading the blind man out of the town, amen, he did not just simply touch him. The scripture says that he spit in his eyes and then laid his hands upon him. I know that that seems a little bit repulsive to us and and uh, I think we would all agree with that. And that seems certainly out of character or out of out of line with how the Lord has ever done in times past. The scripture says he sped in his eyes and then laid hands on him. Amen. But I, I think that we must be very careful. <coughs> to not relegate God to some formula. I know that we are creatures of habit and as creatures of habit, we have certain expectations and I know that we, we start our service at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, for instance, and we open with a song and we then begin in our Bible study. And if, if we're not careful, we can already in our mind, we know exactly when we're gonna be praying for the sick and we think, well, that's about the only place that right then we gotta wait till right then or at the end of the service, that's where you would come and repent and that's where the Lord give you the Holy Ghost. And, and, but God is not a God of formulas. He doesn't need three songs. He doesn't need one song. God can do whatever he's gonna do. And so although we may have a plan, although we're gonna come and open this service and we're gonna have an idea of where we are going, amen, I don't wanna reduce God down to just you have to move right here between this point and this point and during this song or during this time. Obviously, Jesus did not treat this blind man as he had treated others. And do you know that today, on this March morning that God can move in such a unique way, even though this church has been in existence for decades, do you know that God can step so far outside of the norm that everyone here could walk away from this service and say, you know what, never in the history of this church and never in my mind or my wildest imagination have I watched God move in this exact fashion. And so I pray to God that we would not allow him in our own mind to just get reduced down to a formula. This is how it must happen. This is when it must happen. Blind Barnabas was certainly treated differently. Undoubtedly, this blind man needed the method that Jesus used. Amen. We can't try to explain all of this away, but without a doubt, this is what the Lord knew was going to have to happen in the life of this man. It was a personal application for a personal situation. And I believe that God moves for all of us personally. David said we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. And I believe that God knows exactly what it's going to take to reach me. God knows exactly what it's gonna take to reach you. Amen, God knows exactly what it's gonna take to reach the people that we're praying for. And so let's not relegate God to a formula to say, God, you gotta reach him or her this way, this way, and this way. But we've gotta be willing to take our hands off of it and say, Lord, if you decide to take this man by the hand and lead them out of the village, if you decide, Lord, to spit on him before you touch him, if that's what you decide, 
God, then Lord, we're gonna have to put our trust and our confidence in you. I'm resting solely in your hands, in your care. Our future is in your hands. As a matter of fact, our present is, is, is in his hands. Our right now, this very instant, is in his hands. And so I had to say, Lord, I want to just move out of this. I want to back out of this. I don't want my unbelief or my lack of faith to hinder what you're trying to do. Amen. I'm telling you that God doesn't always do what we expect him to do. But that doesn't mean he's not working. (coughs) Amen. We can be assured that God does exactly what we need. Not always what we want. Amen. We don't really know why the Lord took him by the hand. He didn't stop and explain why he spit in his eyes. Those were all outward things. But we do know that God does reach all of us individually. Amen. There's a lot of people here. The majority of the people in this building today have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but not one of us received it the same way. He reached right where we are. Some people got the Holy Ghost almost instantly. Others prayed for a little while. Others prayed for a long while. Amen. Some some got it very demonstratively. Others just maybe with their hands raised, just tears flowing down their eyes. The end result is we all were baptized and filled with his spirit began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance and evidence of His Spirit residing in us. All of those were outward signs. But when these people brought the blind man to Jesus, they assumed, just like you and I, they assumed that the Lord was gonna work in one specific fashion, one specific way. No doubt they had seen the Lord touch other blind men. And the end result of that was those blind men saw. And sometimes Jesus would merely speak to people And his word was sufficient. And that word would open the door, would raise the dead to to life again. Other times he would lay hands on them and as well as speak to them. The very act of laying his hands upon them must have served to stimulate their faith. And I understand that. I truly understand that. Amen. I've been the recipient of both. And there is something about somebody laying hands on you that can stimulate your faith. It can serve as that point of contact. And so I completely get that. Amen. We see him now spitting in this man's eyes, laying his hands upon them. No doubt in some fashion this served to encourage this man's faith. No matter what your take on it is, it obviously encouraged this man's faith. Actually, this process began when Jesus, I think, took him by the hand and began to lead him out of the village. This man was blind. He really didn't know the details of what was going on, but I believe that when the Lord took him by the hand that something began to stimulate his faith right there Uh, maybe this wasn't what he thought was going to happen this is not unfolding as I assumed but even though it was uncharted waters even though it was an unorthodox fashion by the fact that Jesus had him by the hand all the while let him know that it's going to be all right. I feel like speaking in the Holy Ghost today and telling you that that maybe you you feel that God has you on an unorthodox path maybe this is not unfolding like you thought 
if you'll just be tender and be still and understand that a long time ago he took us by the hand he may be leading us out of the village he may be leading us away from the crowd he may be leading us into waters that we have never been in and so I want to take solace in that I want to take comfort in that and that alone that the Lord has everything in his charge and in his control. Amen. I feel this in the Lord today. He has it in his hand. He has it in his hand and he knows what he's doing. When he spit on the man's eyes, laid his hands upon him. Amen. This further indicated to the blind man that Jesus was up to something. Amen. He was at there was activity in his life. There was activity. God was doing something in his life. Amen. I, 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 uh, I want to realize my own self and maybe cause you to remember that this blind man may not have even been the one that instigated this trip to come to Jesus. The scripture is mute on that. We don't know if it was this man's idea and he gathered up a group of people or we don't know if this group of people just gathered up the blind man. We have no idea, no way of knowing. Maybe it's maybe he was not the one that instigated this and maybe that uh, it's possible that he didn't have the faith that it took if he was certainly the one being led by this crowd. Maybe Jesus knew that this man needs these few steps. Maybe he needs these few touches and and all of that. I'm not just trying to, to bore you with speculation today. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that maybe the Lord understands where we are and maybe he knows exactly what we need in order uh, in order for his spirit to move in our life and in these circumstances. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that God has it in his hands. Amen. God has my life in his hands and your life and your situation and circumstances in his hands. He is a God that is not just willing to touch us one time. But he is a God that is willing to come back again and minister to us again and again and again. I need the Lord to touch me today. Amen. But if I continue to live, this won't be the last time I need the Lord to touch me. And I'm glad he doesn't fold his arms and say, well, I've already touched you. I've already been there. I've already done this. Amen. I've needed the Lord to help me and strengthen me over specific things in my life. And I felt like the Lord did. And you know what? In time, I needed a touch in that area again. I needed the Lord to minister to me again and I'm glad that I was serving a God that was willing to do it again to come back to that point of need (coughs) praise God amen throughout the entire Bible (coughs) God has always symbolized his grace in various ways sometimes we do need to lay hands on people when we pray As I said a moment ago, I think at times that does reinforce the fact that God desires to meet needs. I've also seen situations where that would have probably been a hindrance. Amen. And so the Lord knows exactly. We look at the process of faith that Jesus took this blind man through in order to restore his sight. Verse 23, and he took the blind man by the hand led him out of town and when he had spit on his eyes he put his hands upon him he asked him if he saw aught and he looked up and said I see men as trees walking after that he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up this was different and he was restored 
And he saw every man clearly. You see, the Lord knows what he's doing. Amen. He knows what he's doing. I'm not even sure why I'm preaching what I'm preaching today. But I feel like the Lord knows what he's doing. God is interested in our faith. And he acts on the basis of our faith. Time time and time again, we hear Jesus say something like this or this. Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith. I believe what Jesus was really reaching for more than restoring sight, and don't let that statement take you, but more than restoring his sight was encouraging this man's faith. Because you can live through life without sight, but you won't live through life without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so what he was really reaching for to was, was to undergird and to establish this man's faith. Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. I think the Lord is far more interested in developing our faith than he is just touching every little intricate area of our life. Amen, I want the Lord to touch those areas, but what he really wants to do is watch my faith grow, stretch my faith. He was willing to heal the blind man, but he was really more interested in developing this faith Thing in his life. There, there is some indication that this blind man may not have had very much faith. It seems from the account that he kind of passively goes along with what Jesus is doing. Even after the Lord laid his hands on him the first time, he asked, what do you see? And, and um, I don't know. I've, I've never been in this situation, so I'm not being judgmental or critical, but it just doesn't seem that he was overly enthusiastic. Maybe it's because his faith was still in the growing process. Amen. Sometimes that's the way faith comes. It's, it is a process, but that is encouraging. Amen. There may be some who claim to have the ability to just believe God for anything, and I would commend you today and, and like to shake your hand after service if you're here, but that's not always the case with many of us. You know, our faith is a process. It's growing Amen. Trust in Jesus generally means I got to get to know him better. And, and, and I know him better through prayer. I get to know him better through the study of his word and to find his word true, to find his word real, to find his word accurate. And, and those things take time. It takes life. It takes living. It takes going through those high places and it takes walking through those low places. It, it takes those seasons of plenty and those seasons uh, where it just seems like the Lord's hand is just kind of lifted off of our lives. Anybody else been there? Amen, the hand of the Lord is just moving in our heart. He's moving in our life, and we need his spirit to touch us and strengthen us. Times that the Lord's hand just seems so plentiful and readily available, the hand of the Lord to touch us and strengthen us, to the hand of God to minister and meet our every need. And then there are those times when it just seems like we can't get a prayer off of the ground. Amen, we just can't get a prayer through. Amen, I'm gonna tell you that in those times, I'm glad the Lord is willing to come back to our lives again. 
In those times, I'm glad the Lord is willing to hear our cry again. Sometimes we need that second touch from the Lord in order for God to help us to see clearly what he is wanting to show us. And that's exactly <coughs> what this blind man needed. I know from personal experience that I have needed that myself. In fact, sometimes I, like you, would be guilty of needing more than a second touch. But thank God he's willing to give us what we need. Amen. It was in this second touch that we see the fulfillment of faith. I know that we would say it was in this second touch that we saw the prayer answered and the miracle happen. But let's look at this through God's eyes. It was in that second touch that his faith, his faith was where and what it needed to be. Jesus doesn't leave us after he just touches us one time. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to serve a God that's committed to stay there until we come to a place where we can receive the total fulfillment of all that he wants in our lives. He doesn't deal with all of us in the same way, and I'm thankful for that. He doesn't deal with us every time using the same methods, and I'm thankful for that. But he does touch all of us by his power. He does give us exactly, exactly what we need. Amen. It may not come when we want it. Amen, but he will bring it. I'm going to ask our musicians to make their way to the platform if they will. We know that Jesus healed at least three blind men differently. In one case, he touched the blind man, and just with a mere touch, he was healed. In the second case, he, <coughs> he spit on the ground and made mud and put the mud in the man's eyes, and he was healed. And in this case, he spit in this man's eyes, and he was healed. However, all of these men could get together and compare their notes as to how differently God moved on their behalf. But all of them have the same outcome. I once was blind, but now I see. All of us have a different story to tell. And we can get caught up in the details of our story or we can all agree, I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's truly all that matters. Amen. Sin is sin. Lost is lost. No such thing as someone being more lost than another person. You can't almost miss a train. You either own it or you missed it. Amen. So we just need the Lord to touch us today in his own way and work out his will in our Lives. So whether the Lord comes instantly in our lives or whether he takes a period of time, I want to submit to him and trust him in the midst of our circumstances, knowing that God is working to grow my faith. Amen. Let's stand. As we trust him more fully, our faith will be fulfilled. No matter how many times we've asked the Lord for something, I have a suggestion today. Ask again. Ask again. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive, knock it shall be opened, seek and you shall find. But if you look at this scripture, the literal rendering of these commands, all of these commands are this. 
It's ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. And so if we need another touch from the Lord, then we just need to keep coming. Amen. Some of you were here Wednesday night and you had the audacity to come back today. Imagine that. I have a good idea that many of you are already planning to be here this coming Wednesday night. Because you see, we're just never going to get everything that we need. But I don't think you shamefully walked in today. But you boldly and confidently walked in. And maybe for some, we came in with the same need, the same petition. Today, maybe that need is even intensified. But we're not here shamefaced. We're here with great courage and confidence that God can and will answer our prayer. I wonder if we would just lift our hands heavenward and with one burst of energy in our faith, let the Spirit of God hear our voices again to ask, to seek, to knock. Amen. He's able to do it in Jesus' name. Praise God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.